Bigger than Capes. Give me some outside. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it, and then I watched it. Oh, 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 oh
are we getting every is like are we getting every spawn showing up in this do we think it appears to be the plan and it's just digging into his little magic bag of ideas which is what if spawn was a cowboy but what if what if he was a nurse what if spawn was a ninja important question are we getting a new sam and twitch book (laughs) (laughs) the one thing i care about remotely about this Oh, God. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, it depends how long this runs for, really, doesn't it? I think whether we get as far down the list as Sam and Twitch. Hey, hey, they're <laughs> right near the top of the list. What, yeah. what, oh. in- what really interested me with this is the fact that it, it all the headlines were phrased as if this wasn't going to be like venomverse or spiderverse it was all it was always framed like todd mcfarlane's introducing a new comic book shared universe so they made it sound like it wasn't just going to be all spawn all the time and what they wanted to say clearly is no no todd mcfarlane is really into spawn like like (laughs) you know we always knew he was into spawn but damn this man is in to spawn yeah the uh the spawns per page count is higher than it's ever been. <laughs> As it's all about. Like talking of talking of insanely like packed um, universes, I started catching up on the on cinema Tim Heidecker shared universe and just watched um, the like the four and a half hour um, trial of Tim Heidecker. Um, <laughs> That were that they that, that they did a couple years ago. That was that's him him being tried for um, the deaths of an, of like eighteen uh, eighteen children at a at a music festival he ran at the desert for smoking health vapes. Um, so, Will, you're not the only one with a stupid shared universe that you that you love. <laughs> I mean, I've got to be, I've got to be honest with you. I don't I don't love Spawn. I'm just sort of eternally fascinated by Spawn. I haven't even read that much, but I remember when the film came out, mm-hmm. and I mean, objectively awful. Even as a sort of preteen, I knew it was bad. But the suit's really cool. Like just I general... still own it on yeah. DVD. Oh yes, you do. It's like uh, that's like owning Daredevil. The uh, hey, the athlete Daredevil. You watch your mouth, Will. Or like uh, Dookie. Like everybody's got one, but you're not always willing to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Dookie, for those not playing along at home, is a Green Day album. Yeah, yeah. It's not a like, comic book. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's not a bad album. Sorry, I'm, I, it's pretty good. I, I might. I might have aged out of a point where that was a reference that I just assumed everybody would. <laughs> no, 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 would. I, I'm not <laughs> immediately get. Oh god, that's made me feel very old very quickly. I, I, not, not the best Green Day album, but I would say no. it is top five. I think it is. I think it is their, their crowning achievement. This isn't going to make it in, is it? I, I think it's- <laughs> <laughs> well, now it has to. <laughs> no. No, you said that. I think album. best or second best. Now let's yeah, move man. on before we really. Let's Incidentally, in. if you guys want to start doing like bigger than Dookie as a like side podcast, and we'll like run down <laughs> Green Day songs or something, I don't know. I do have the time Dookie. right now. Just have Dookie as our baseline and only talk about albums that we think are better. And, yeah, Zach, we can do our like I don't know, big um, bigger than Cuomo, 
um, and do Weezer, like do Weezer songs. It, it's it's like we're constantly. So we're already in a niche. It's like we're constantly looking for that deeper niche that no one can quite. The niche of the niche. Mm. Niche I, I... squared. Like, Don't get me wrong, I, I respect us for it, but between think, Baywatch nights and this, we're yeah, really... I, Zach, though, to be fair, I do think that if we did this, we could scientifically figure out once and for all whether Blue or Pinkerton is the better album. <laughs> we, could solve it, the, we could solve the debate. Is there a measurable scientific test that can be... We'll uh, figure it out. We'll run... We'll... We'll we'll put on the we'll put on the lab coats. We'll get out the beakers and the and like the microscopes. Have lots of electric strobes just going back and forth. Yeah, coloured liquid one, in tubes and things. One of those cool yeah. balls that you could touch and the ele- the, the ah. static electricity oh, yeah. touch your hands. Yeah. Used to have one of those. Have, it broke. It, yeah, real sad. Do you those like as well? racks of metal pins and you could yes. push your hand into oh, them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did any did any of you ever go to Eureka? Oh yeah! Oh, um, now, like this definitely isn't going. <laughs> no, this has to. People need to like kids today need to know about Eureka. You, oh, you know it's still had, like, there, Matt. So and our is audience it? is definitely not yeah. kids. And also, I, like they have to live near Halifax, <laughs> or, or, get, or be taken by their school on a coach. That's true. Um, got an Archimedes screw right when you walk in, and a giant plasma ball. It's great. You could pr- you could you could dress up as a postman and deliver post all around oh, the hot air oh, postal uh. system that ran all the way around. It was a beaut. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all but the museums I d- are available. <laughs> to to sharply bring it back to the Spider-Verse. I think along with uh, the recently announced Sonyverse, I, I think we I think we might be getting to a point where bigger isn't better. Like. Just more of a thing doesn't <laughs> doesn't improve I, it. Can, can I double question? Double question. You guys are gonna love this. <laughs> One, which unnecessary universe did you guys like the most? And two, which character is gonna get the un, you know alternate version treatment next Af- after Sonya and Spawn? Um, the I I liked that. The unnecessary, like Hanna Barbera, um, shared yeah. universe. Uh, was it Future Quest? Yes, I think it was. Yeah, Future Quest was really good. Um, like oh, that was totally good. unnecessary, but like had a great creative team, and uh, was yeah, like flew under the radar. Mm-hmm. Real good. Mm. See, that was that was too good an answer. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, Matt. <laughs> Didn't need that map, thanks. Good one. I mean, I, the first thought that came to my mind is all the sort of uh, dynamite, um, like license free superheroes and pop oh, characters. All the public domain ones. Oh, I love those. Yeah, the like, is it, is uh, Daredevil. Like, yeah, the death defying Daredevil for legal yeah. reasons. Yes, yes. And, uh, but do they come under like powers? Superpowers. Superpowers. Yeah. And then there was another one that was like the Shadow and Green Hornet and. Yes. I'm not sure they're always good, but uh, I always want them to like be. They're the King's Scar like some like uh, I I because um, it was like King Syndicate characters, I think. Yeah. And it was it had uh, 
God damn it. But also they were basically wasn't wasn't the wasn't it the, basically the same lineup as in like the 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 like it was either late eighties or mid nineties like Defenders cartoon of Defenders of the Earth. Earth. My favorite cartoon as a small <laughs> child. Lovely. Yes. Stuff. If someone was going to know where I was going with that, was... I knew it was going to be actual. <laughs> 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 yes. No, no, it was that. Yeah, they have. The, I, I own several of those. Yeah, they did King's. The most recent one I think they did was King's Quest. Yeah. Which, yeah, it was really, really good. I mean, it probably wasn't, but, you know, don't trust <laughs> my taste, kids. But That's I enjoyed it. Right. It had the Phantom and Mandrake and Flash Gordon and Dale had kind of turned evil and stuff, and it was oh, good. Oh, no. I. <laughs> this is not where I expected this to go. I'm just going to throw in the, um, and mine's only a single issue, so you guys are welcome. Um, you know that one issue of Quantum and Woody, where we see all the alternate Quantum and Woodies and what could have been? Yeah. yeah, I think it's yeah. just that issue. For me. I, I just want that in like a twelve issue maxi series where we just jump around seeing all the quantum and woodies and eventually they somehow cross over for reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and I think that is a completely feasible request from Valiant right now, except it will of course be probably five issues and there will be no hint of a follow up. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> I mean, having said having said all that, I do I do like sort of comic universe. I like that it's a tenement of comics that things kind of overlap and interlink. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Todd McFarlane's the guy who's gonna like make the good that make the really good one. Who's gonna go out there and go like this is the most cohesive yeah. of universes. Do, do you think the creators he's brought in for this will help? I think a lot of it's going to depend on what freedom they get. Like if they've been brought in effectively on a on a like a paid uh, hired gig, and that he's given them a story to pen, then I don't think it really matters who they are. Like, I I agree, and I also think the fact that like, okay, Donny Cates is going to write some of it, mm-hmm. but but is it f- going to be? Like, is he going to say, just do what you want, and it ends up yeah. potentially being a really great Donny Cates comic, or is he going to say, here's all the continuity you've got to fit it into. By the end of this issue, you've I, got like X, Y, Z, or... You know, I think that's that's kind of the threat, isn't it? That if, if it is being quite editorial from McFarlane, we're not going to get Donny Cates' best work. Also, the fact that Donny Cates is creating his own superhero universe with every other image character right now God, feels yeah. like... Unless that's it, unless Donny Cates' contribution is bringing Spawn and Crossover together in... Um, it's a backdoor sort of thing. Spawn Crossbone. over. Spawn over. Ooh, yeah. Spawn over sounds not good. No, it sounds really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time Image have had a, a punt at this as well. Um, yeah. Like Invincible has crossed over with other characters like Savage Dragon and... Fire Spawn, Breather. Uh, yeah, and so we've we've seen, and uh, it's like Dynamo Five, and um, oh yeah, I've got about Dynamo Five. Oh, what was the? I mean, Newfound Glory's come to mind, but that's definitely a pop punk band. <laughs> um, the it was the one about uh, was was it the one about the superhero family? Yeah, uh, just yeah, can't pluck it out. Yeah, I have to edit that in. Yeah, no, we yeah. we if <laughs> again, this was a if anyone on here was going to know, it was going to be Matt or Will. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, can remember who were like really like because I think we both probably got into Invincible and like the Kirkman verse probably around the same sort of time. Yeah, like 
quite quite early quite early on um like before it like there was a, a to steal like a phrase from um another podcast i like talking about um invincible like that before it became that um there was a shortage of red ink every time that they um that they had a fight in invincible um like it was like one of my favorite books um and i that was when i sort of got into it like was like you're really struggling to find this aren't you will yeah i can see i'm just enjoying watching you so annoying as well as you flick through all of the other image superheroes that there are and you're just like it's, it's none of these come on <laughs> come on the internet <laughs> and i know it's from i i know it's from ages ago and i know like it yeah, hasn't been made I, or read or talked about oh no this decade, is probably but... like there's probably like we've probably set off alarm bells somewhere by just remembering it exists <laughs> um we should probably um move on to actually the stuff and and if we find (laughs) we can come back to this yeah i did want one final point because i kept meaning to bring it up and then had different ideas and said and said other things but while i was first reading about the spawniverse one thing that i really noted was i think the perceived big middle finger to the valiant universe as he constantly yes. went on about being the third yeah. universe and you're like well yeah. that marketing no, campaign has already sorry. has already come and gone past. Yeah. somebody did that for like somebody's done that yeah and then what now? then yeah yeah eight, eight nine years into their yeah, third universe eight, so yeah. noble causes <laughs> noble causes <laughs> <sighs> right i, I mean I, let's let's just end it there yeah ring the bell it's over no. <laughs> <laughs> done I oh, just, you, I, I, I've, I've been, I was just like focusing entire like I went into my mind palace. The next <laughs> thing was to turn the podcast off and get under the bed where all the old comics are because it's definitely in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I one final thing on Spawn verse, Spawn of us, and before we move on, um, and perhaps my only pre-criticism before the book happened, the books happen is that the entirety of the creative team that they've announced to my understanding are all guys yes and i feel like that's not great it's not in it's really not in 2021 i feel like there must be some women who for whatever reasons want to write and or draw spawn i don't know why i don't know why anyone wants to write or draw spawn it could be that all the women who are professional enough to do it just were like you know what no yes no they were like no to spawn yeah you know there's every chance that old todd called everyone up and they were like no i I couldn't possibly draw spawn i just i can't think of when i would do it between doing nothing and not doing that (laughs) (laughs) but it further supports my uh my fear that really it's going to be so like heavily controlled from the center that you can you can apply whatever names you want to it i'm not sure it's going to really have any any impact by the end of it let's find out let's (laughs) We'll be back in, what, like six months' time for our Spawniverse Roundup. Spawn again. Spawn to be wild. Uh, honestly, um, we we will sell Spawn puns to Todd McFarlane if he needs them. Um, 
those two are already heavily, heavily patented by us, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So don't, don't even try and say yeah, TM, yeah, TM, TM, TM. Yeah, TM, TM, yeah. I've already started we'll, uh, my scripts we'll, for yeah. Spawns Be Wild. There's nothing he can do about it. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, we're going to put uh, all these jokes in, a, in an envelope and post them to ourselves <laughs> so we have, like, yeah. the date. Yeah. Oh, we've given away so many good ideas on this podcast. Well, we've given away ideas. <laughs> Um, alright so it's at this time that I would like to invite you all to say a little something about our sponsors who wants to start um yeah I'll go like um Travelling Man is a comic shop Zach that was my go (laughs) it's also a board game shop I added yep and they sell Funko Pops oh god um yep they do (laughs) round us up Zach they're based in Manchester, York, Leeds, and Newcastle. They're currently selling online at travelingman.com. And uh, they're also doing click and collect in at least Manchester and Newcastle. So definitely hit them up. This month, we are talking about four books from four places. And due to the look of the draw, Will, you are up first. I want to talk to you all about Radiant Black from Image Comics. Uh, It's written by Kyle Higgins, the art is by Marcelo Costa, and the lettering is by Becca Carey. Uh, It's about the main character, Nathan Burnett, who is a sort of 30-something whose life is kind of going down the pan. Uh, He's got no money, and he's in loads of debt, and ultimately has to move back in with his parents, with what appears to be his kind of overly loving mother uh, and his sort of uh, sarcastic uh, father until one night when he's out drinking with his friend Marshall his old friend from back in the day he comes across well I don't know what you'd call it a a blob of light (laughs) and in touching said blob of light is in encased in a uh, super science suit that allows him to do lots of powers including (laughs) it it would appear flying and lifting things. It, yeah, it looks like yeah. sort of like zero point sort of energy manipulation, like gravity sort of uh, control. I must say, mm. didn't put that much thought into it. <laughs> <laughs> it lifts things and flies. It's a pretty um, straight down the middle concept, I think, for a, a superhero mm. comic. Yeah. I do, I do actually like the fact that he's in his. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the feedback. I do like that he's in his uh, that he's in his thirties. I think that's actually kind of refreshing for a new superhero. I think the tendency to go for teenagers and have that whole like school experience um, has been done a lot. So to have somebody who's kind of already an adult and <laughs> kind of a bit washed up and will have different uh, personal problems than your usual. Uh, teenager, I think will be a good thing. Yeah, someone who considers themselves like a failure um, and who is having to actually like deal with sort of the like the, the kind of the consequences already of like not being where they wanted themselves to be in life and feeling like it's by their own um, sort of by by their own actions and stuff. So they're they're driven kind of in their actions with with like this newfound um, power power situation by this sense of just like 
Yeah, I have already kind. Of, I already feel like I've messed up mm-hmm. uh, my life by not taking actions. I yeah, I, I I've been given something really special here, and I can't let that. I I can't mess this up as well. Sort of situation like driven. Yeah, like being driven by that is quite an interesting um sort of quite an interesting twist i guess yeah mm. i think it adds a new dynamic because it's when when it is the teenage character it's often like the outsider through no fault of their own is then given this gift to elevate them from their kind of station i suppose as where well, this is somebody who's kind of got to where he is through his own like like you say actions or inactions um and I think it gives a different sort of springboard for a superhero to say, actually, this is my like last chance to, at least in his own eyes, to be worthwhile. Yeah, to, to kind of make yeah. something of themselves. Yeah, instead of with a teen, it's often their like first chance to make something of themselves. Like, yeah, it, it, it's adult angst instead of teenage angst. It's a different, you're in a different position in your life, so you're yeah. going to react to things differently. And it's it's interesting because if it was a teenager finding it, they'd be like, "Yay, cool! Look at all the stuff I can do, and what stuff you assume, um, and look what I can do with it." And then he's a little bit, little bit more introspective of like, you know, what what can I, you know, my life's kind of screwed up at this point, and now this has happened. What do I do? It's it's a little less exhilaration, a little bit more reflective on, mm. you know, with great power comes great responsibility. <clears throat> <laughs> Who said TM, TM, TM. (laughs) That's ours. Well, a good idea. Put it in an envelope. But he's aware of that. He doesn't have to be told it by a mentor figure. It's already in his own head that, you know, responsible adulthood kind of sucks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it might work particularly well because, like, I'm in that, I'm at that similar sort of age and, you know, have in the past had to, you know, like, moved back in with like parents and stuff like due to um various like si- you know financial situations and you know having hopes and stuff that didn't work out like so i it, yeah it's it's un- it's unfortunately relatable <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah 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 very much yeah but I think I think for a lot of people, whether it's like as ex, you know the, the specific scenario of having to move back in with your parents, or just broadly kind of not being where you thought you would yeah. be by the time you've hit kind of like prime adulthood, and you think, God, I wish I was making a comic book podcast, but I'm not. And then you're like, Oh <laughs> shit, I am. <laughs> um, what, what a specific example. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. every young every young child's dream. I do want to bring up the fact that the the blurb goes on to talk about that this suit is of alien origin and that the aliens are coming back for the the, the suit, the power. But you don't get any of that in this first issue. No, I was yeah. surprised. I was expecting something. Like a last page reveal or something. Yeah, or yeah. Or the odd chip, like the, that, we found it sort of thing. And I mean, there there is a last page reveal of sorts, yes. but it's, yeah. it's it, compared to what the blurb is telling you, that seems to come out of nowhere, really. Yeah, um, very much so, yeah. I was quite surprised. I was expecting the last page to be all 
aliens or just some hint about where the suits come from. And no, not that. <laughs> it, it almost feels like the blurb is going to end up being like a long term storyline for the actual whole thing rather than. Yeah. Yes. Even this first arc, I guess. Yeah. Perhaps this is more of a criticism of like how comics are released and the adherence to the sort of 22 or 20 odd page format is that the fact that you have to put it in the blurb sort of suggests that like it's important enough to the story, Mm. but it just didn't make it into those, those opening pages. I kind of feel like that's a, that's a problem. Um, and I already think that this is a comic that's going to work much better in in trade. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I, I think it's a good first issue, um, which I, I did enjoy. And I think there's a, a very early feeling that this should have been a longer issue. And I, I don't yeah. I think yeah. that's indicative. Like a, like a giant size, like maybe 40 pager or something. Yeah. yeah and it, it bothers me. And I've complained about this on podcasts for a long time. So I'm sorry. <laughs> but it bothers me that image will sometimes give you like a 50 page first issue for a book. And that book doesn't necessarily need it. And then sometimes will not. And the book does need it. And I, th- I think this. Yeah. Doubling down on the the page count for this, I think, would have really given them a lot of space to, uh, you know, do more. And yeah. um, while I don't think it's a bad first issue, I think a few extra pages, hell, even if it was only 30 pages, I think would have been enough to, like, really flesh out the intro to Nathan and Radiant Black and all the things. <laughs> yeah. It was it was one of those at the end. I felt like the first issue hadn't quite given enough um, idea of what the kind of direction is going to be. I mean, it, it's it's it looks like it's set up the initial kind of primary villain, but as of yet, we don't have any kind of motivation or knowledge of who they are. And that's part of the cliffhanger. But in the same way, I, I kind of feel that there isn't necessarily enough meat on the bones yet. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it's it's not the most fleshed out of first issues, and there's not a lot to go at other than quite a standard first superhero issue. It's I'm, I'm sure Matt's going to agree to this, agree with this. So it's good that he's here. Uh, kind of reminiscent of the start of the um, Hamy Reyes Blue Beetle run, yeah, mid thousands. Yeah, I yeah, I, I can get that sort of that sort of feeling to it, like where we have like I have the feeling that it's going to rely as much on like family relationships and stuff as it is on the like on the superpower sort of stuff, like that it's that we're sort of going to get a lot of like in in, in the same way that like you know, like, um, blue, that Blue Beetle run was as much about, ha- like, Jaime and his community yeah, as it was about, like, Blue Beetle um, and stuff. But, yeah, I can sort of see... I, I sort of get that, that similar feeling and, like, finding the sort of, like, 
supernatural yeah. alien tech suit. alien tech and eventually like we know it's going like the the reach is going to come <laughs> for it but like i mean it falls so squarely in my wheelhouse that i will almost certainly read more oh but... speaking of in your wheelhouse i've got one later well we've got one later that's so very you you know it um but i will almost certainly read more but i think i'd I'd need more fairly quickly i think i'd need the second or third issue to start kind of indicating what kind of what the the core drive is going to be um having said that like it took invincible eight issues to kind of prove it wasn't just going to be a very standard Mm. superhero Mm. story and I must admit, if I was buying that in singles, I probably wouldn't have made it past four. Not yeah, so bad, but it was just normal teen gets like slowly gets powers. And <laughs> I think a big selling point here is the fact that I I have liked the Power Rangers series that Kyle Higgins has been writing, and Marcelo Costa's artwork is really nice. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah. Um, I, I think the creative team and that history of Power Rangers is a large appeal, and I do wonder how this would resonate with someone who wasn't a power rangers person Mm. how curiosity do we have any of those here i mean i can't i do like those power rangers comics i can't say i'm like outwardly a power rangers person i don't know what that means but you you dress up in spandex and fight monsters i don't know oh and i'm definitely a power rangers oh yeah Yeah, Yeah, that is arguably the most power rangers person of those people um but I do like those comics. I do like Marcelo Costa's art in this. I like the splash page when his suit, um, he yeah. first kind of gets gets the suit yeah. on. And it's uh, it is, it's quite reminiscent of that kind of um, 90s sort of TV show cartoon where it'd be like you see the arm and then the suit go up and then another arm and then like the neck and then it comes over the head. And it has that staged bit by bit kind of uh, assembly of the suit i think you're right it's just like george clooney at the start of batman or Robin. exactly like george <laughs> clooney hand twist you see the yeah. spikes yeah. boot yeah. on does a clasp nipples check <laughs> let's let's fight some crime i like it's it was a dumb little thing though that i actually really liked was when they first sort of see the kind of like the anomaly sort of floating in the air that the that it's a very it's a very cool little design um, of like of this sort of yeah like space. Is it like kind of like a. a it's like, they say hole. it's like a mini black yeah. hole. Yeah, and it's the agreed like, upon yeah, drawing looks, of black holes now, isn't it? it? Well, they're, yeah. they're just like it looks exactly the same from every uh, from every single angle, and like they show him sort of moving around it, mm. and it's just the same. <laughs> like an NPC in an old like PC game that no matter yeah, which direction like, you approach them from they're always straight on <laughs> it's yeah so it's like I I actually really really like that and they just actually that they that they sort of point point that out because it has like these like a lot has like these lines and sort of this like halo sort of thing around it that is just yeah like it's it's cool to think that it's just like oh yeah no like this this thing is is weird it's yeah no matter how you look at it it's exactly the same yeah mm. I, I like the little bits as well where he, he kind of first he panics when he's first got the suit on and vomits and the suit like kindly opens a little hatch yes. for his vomit to come out <laughs> and then when he can't like figure out how to get the helmet off and he's just trying to pull his own head off yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i, I liked all those kind of struggles they were fun 
I, I think there are some good little jokes in here amongst all the, you know, angst. Oh, the Uber. Yeah. The Uber yeah. at the start. The him being, like, him having his discussion with his credit company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, like, he, but he's actually also an Uber, like, he's an Uber driver, so, like, when he, like, when he's off the phone with them after they've declined him, and he's just in tears, and his next, like, Uber, um, <laughs> like, clients get in. Everything's fine? Yeah, and he's yeah. just... <laughs> yeah, like... I think, sadly... The only female character that we've seen so far. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, <laughs> Burnett's mother gets all of the name of Mrs. Burnett throughout the yes. uh, throughout yeah. the comic today, and as where his dad Henry gets uh, gets, gets name dropped. Yes. Just saying, just pointing yeah. that out. <laughs> his mother doesn't get a first name. I did notice that, and I was gonna mention it. Maybe she will, but not just not yet. Not yet. So. Radiant black. Very radiant. <laughs> and very black. <laughs> that might need cutting. Yeah. <laughs> it it so, might need cutting. It might need, you know, turning into a little promo thing that we put on all this social media. I can't say just, which way it's going to go yet, Will, but... I mean, yeah. if you can, if you can yeah. just... Just cut out Angela saying "and very black." I think that can be used against That's, Angela in a, in a yeah. When, when, of when we eventually yeah. go for ownership over like those over those trademarks, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll bring it in as evidence of bad character. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, one last thing, um, and I, I don't know anything. I meant to Google it, and I'm hoping someone else did. The End of this issue definitely mentions that there's going to be a Kickstarter for Dragon, Dragon Girl, Girl Red. Red. Yes. yes. Did, did anyone Google that? I meant to because it looks like the sort of tokusatsu shit that I kind of like. Um, and equally, it's by Matt Groom who did uh, Self Made, which is real good. Um, or at least co-written by Matt Groom. Yeah. So I was curious, but I was hoping someone else would have done the but work. Like, look at her. She's got like... Yeah. She's got like a Kamen Rider helmet. She's doing like a henshin pose. It looks but, real cool. Do you think it's going to be connected to this, or are they just playing so off the I, kind of similarities in in core conceit? I don't know. I, I, I doubt it's connected. Having complained solidly about the Spawn universe, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, if Kyle Higgins decides to like spearhead a like. Power Rangers, but not quite shared universe. I, it's I am there for that. It's edited by Higgins. So, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe he's. Maybe we and were wrong. That, like, the Spawniverse is not the end. Maybe this, <laughs> this is the, the end. The third shared universe. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, he's set, he set up a new uh, like, pop, like, uh, line um, for all of his new books called Black Market Narrative. Hmm. Which is a cool name. Yeah. It's a cool name. But yeah, maybe that is, maybe that's the core of the uh, the new springing universe. I mean, Image are going to end up with like five clutches of shared universes, aren't they? Like... And then some poor bastard is going to try and merge them all together. Yeah. And... Oh, sorry. Oh. I knew I recognised um, like Matt Groom from somewhere else. Yeah, like... Um... 
he did the he does like a podcast um, that I've listened to a few times, which is like a Power Ranger. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah. Podcast yeah. That I I think I might have heard about initially uh, because of a Sailor Moon podcast I listened to at one point. Obviously, natural step. Yep. It's a slippery slope between podcasts. You know, you start hosting one, and then you, um, then you listen, listen to, to one, one, one and then you listen to another, and yeah. I'll tell you now: if you were to Google Dragon Girl Red, you wouldn't find a damn thing about that Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> you take this personal experience. Uh, I'm doing it right now, Matt. That's that's what's happening. Uh, that's that's disappointing. I hope. I mean, it screams of like the green ranger didn't it like this extra yeah. entity turning up you mean the best yeah. ranger well yeah 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 <laughs> i was always a billy guy because blonde glasses that's kind of it <laughs> the similarities ended i i liked billy a lot um yeah. but no one was as cool as tommy no not in reality I, you gotta consider how much zach danced for some reason Though, yes, um, though talking of um, of, uh, of of Tommy, um, like what's is it? Da- is it um, David Frank or some, the actor who plays Jason Frank? Jason, Jason David Frank, Frank. Uh, yes. who, yeah, who plays who played him like is now like a an MMA fighter with his own line of Christian MMA wear. <laughs> Uh, also, briefly, Bloodshot in the yeah. uh, Ninjak versus the Valiant I'm, Universe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fling that as a segue now because we've got <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. So no, yes. she was Bloodshot in Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, the live action thing that I think, well, at least two of us saw. Um, was John Morrison in that? Yeah, baby, yes, Eternal was. Warrior. He was Eternal I mean, you're you derailing this segue, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Back to the segue. So, the actual third superhero universe, for those of you who don't know, is Valiant. So there you are. <laughs> none of this, none of this yeah. other stuff. The actual third uh, third superhero universe, oh, you know, is Malibu. Thank you very much. No, um... <laughs> it is Valiant, but we're not talking about a superhero in this book, weirdly enough. Well, mm. anyway, so... We're talking about Savage number one, which is published by Valiant, the creators of the third superhero universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's written by Max Bemis. It is arted by Nathan Stockman. It is coloured by Triona Farrell. And it is lettered by Hassan Ostmain El Ahu. And I hope I've pronounced that correctly. The cover artists were Marcus Toe and Rico Renzi. So, for those of you who are unaware of Savage, this is not the first appearance of Savage. A few years ago, there was a run of Savage, um, which ended with the main character, uh, Kevin Savage Sauvage. Yeah, that's his name, people. Um, Being stranded in the modern day, specifically London. And as a result of this, we now catch up with him sometime later, both literally and in publishing time. Um, so to give you some background to Savage and also because it's Valiant, so you're gonna get you're gonna get a load of background you never wanted or needed. So there you are. Um, 
So basically, Kevin's parents were involved in a plane crash. They ended up in the far away, which is a strange prehistoric land. Kevin got born there. He was brought up there, but eventually he lost both his parents. Um, And in order to survive, he had to go and, you know, murder dinosaurs um, because they exist in the far away. Um, So now he's found himself in London. Um, He's being looked after slash managed by his older brother, Henry, um and yeah so he's a social media darling um everyone loves savage uh but he's you know he's going through a bit of angst because he misses his whole life of you know killing dinosaurs and running around in a loincloth and I, all that yeah. sort of stuff um to be yeah. fair who wouldn't miss who wouldn't? being in a place where I mean, you hang out with dinosaurs exactly. and by hang out i mean like murder back- brutally <laughs> Brutally murder them um, in many different ways. Um, so he's, he's kind of down in the world. It's a reflection on the modern world and how it sucks. Uh, but luckily for him, dinosaur monsters um, attack London. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's, he's there. And that sort of will lead on to presumably the storyline throughout this thing. But there we are. It's a good book because it's got dinosaurs in it. <laughs> Incidentally, if you wanted to hear more about Angela, Dinosaurs and Valiant, yeah. head to biggerthancapes.com for a really long article about 1990s Valiant. <laughs> to be fair, they could have been longer. I mean, I didn't even do citations, as I told you. I could have done citations. And one day I will do an entire essay on Unity as its own thing, and the world will probably end at that point, I feel. Um <laughs> That is one of the signs of the apocalypse. It is. That's why I've avoided it. And one day I will... So this is the modern Valiant universe. This is. I like to think of this as modern Valiant point two, because there's been a lot of changes at Valiant in the last few years. It was bought out yeah. by DMG. So this Savage is very different to the old Savage. In fact, the Valiant universe in general is not quite as good generally as it was eight years ago um it has been that long hasn't it it's been a long time yeah um but yeah so but i liked this this was a return to form for me but if you're gonna put gore and dinosaurs in a book i'm gonna like it no matter what the plot line what the storyline what the characters are like I just want to see a teenager kill dinosaurs. That's all I want out of a book. Too much to ask. And it fulfilled that incredibly well. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, there's barely any characters in it apart from, you know, Kevin, Henry, social media people, and dinosaurs. But what more do you need, frankly, in this? Yeah, I like. I really enjoyed this. Like it's um, like I never actually read all of the original Savage, um, like uh, mini series. Um, you should. It was very good. There was much dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah, I know, and that it made it makes me sad that I never got around to finishing it. Um, like I read, I think the first two issues, um, and really liked it, but just sort of lost lost track. Of it in like my um, in in like my my pile and then stopped sort of getting it, um, but this was like knowing I knew enough um, about it and like from the core premise and stuff and enough about Valiant in general to just like dive in and really enjoy this and the, the amount of knowledge you need is really minimal. It's literally all you need to know is chi- chi- child what grew up on. Um, on fantasy, on fantasy island of dinosaurs, 
um, in another dimension um, is now yeah is 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 now uh, home um, and has to deal yeah like you say with the strangeness of the modern world the and modern world yeah um, but like it's it's fun like there's a lot of really like good sort of very exag- like exaggerated sort of cartooning mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in here that I like a lot like the there's there's like a few particular places like some of the 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 dinosaur designs are very cartoony yeah um like yeah. like with the cuz there's like a, a few sort of much larger ones weird body shapes all sorts of extra arms um and stuff and yeah like you know they they're playing like um baseball um with big ben and stuff <laughs> yeah like, and when you sort of get the um the reveal at the end of like um project bizarre yes. who all look like they bizarre. could be from well that this is going to sound this is a very very niche um <laughs> like incredibly niche reference of what they sort of reminded me of um, is that they looked like they could have all been um, characters in the... Um... Did any of you ever read, like, the Fleetway uh, publishing Sonic the Comic? No. No. Uh, um, well... But when Matt said niche, he meant niche. So, like... Um... <laughs> He ca- like they they had a they 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 had like a regular sort of strip in there called uh, based on the game like decap attack, um, which was done by a guy called like Nigel Kitching, um, and they all look like they could have been like they all have the same sort of weird body like weird sort of body shapes and like facial expressions and stuff and like weird science looks that they yeah, could have they all remind- been in that or in like. Or, or like they could have been in like the old um, Marvel comics, like Doctor Who mm. um, stuff. Mm. Like it feels like a book where I don't know, like TechNet or something could show up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Um, weird science looks is like five star Matt's statement. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, that like they they reminded me a bit of. Um... Uh, the sort of dinosaurs and monsters in early Dragon Ball. Yes. Yeah. Lots mm. of kind of fins, but also kind of sort of rounded and a bit yeah, kind like, of fleshy, like loosely based on on real, like loosely based on the idea of real world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of like an eight year old's idea of what a dinosaur probably yeah. looks like. Um, um, but I think it's it's in the action that the art is at its best yeah. in this book i think in the opening few bits i was thinking like it's perfectly nice art like there's plenty of detail it's really clear but it feels um somehow kind of just it felt a kind of big two-ish in a way that mm. it was almost it's unfair to call it ordinary comic art but it felt it didn't feel spectacular yeah but there's a point where he starts kind of running across a building and mm. it looks like does he climb up the shard yeah, it looks yes. like it. And the way that his kind of movement has done, and when he starts running across the building, the kind of perspective on the page changes to sort of show speed. Yeah. And I thought from that point, when he's moving and when he's fighting the dinosaurs, I thought the art was really good. Yeah, I, I mean, I really love the panel, like the the panel where he's running through like the eardrum. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
and you've got like four you've got like four different action shots of him in the same panel and like the the eardrum itself is almost a panel break like yeah. it almost like splits the panel um in yeah, two like it's really great yeah it's it's very very cool i do want to note despite there being plenty of um uh, landmarks it don't look very much like london <laughs> not even slightly no. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, when if you read the end of the last Savage Run, I mean, I think I've discussed this with Zach. We weren't actually sure which city you'd ended up in. It yeah, was... it's clearly it can e- either be that one bit of London, Times Square, Tokyo. There are so many like yeah, <laughs> generic city number that, four. That particular yeah. bit of clearing in the middle of a city that it could possibly be. Yeah, yeah it was not obvious. It does make sense that it's London. It does because we. Cause I think I can't remember whether his dad was ever referred to as a soccer soccer player or a football player. I think was it football. I can't remember that it was in football. In this they say. In this they say. In this they're football, but I can't remember in the previous the previous run what he was described as. I'm going to have to look that up later. Um, but yeah, I, I liked that it was. I liked the fact that. He's called, you know, he's called Kevin Savage and he's English. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not sure how much I enjoyed some of the references to uh, what appeared to be kind of British pop culture of David Beckham and Harry Styles. I mean, yeah. David Beckham, th- there have already been more famous footballers than David Beckham. <laughs> um, true. So I think, I think like, it just feels like a, a weird think of I somebody english it's, it's american it's american cultural touch point like what's yeah. a famous english footballer david beckham who's a famous english pop star that's kind of recent harry styles yeah i, I do feel like that's the thing i think whilst i think max Bemis is a pretty good writer he is from new york so at the yeah. end of the day <laughs> i mean I, I don't know why not say it in america i don't know what bringing it to the uk sort of I, adds at this particular point. I know, I I mean, like, I would rather it was in the UK just because, like, it's always kind of better to see more of the, like, to see more of the world. This isn't the first Valiant book to appear in England for seemingly yes. random reasons. Yes. I, I, however, when, when he is running across rooftops... We have very few like grotesques and gargoyles here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish we had more. I, I yeah, do. Yeah. Build, building regulations just don't. I wonder if maybe they set it in London because it is the third superhero universe and they like to try and make it a little bit more international. Yeah. than the big two, which are yeah. clearly set in America, and they're like, well, you know, we have British characters and we have characters from Europe, and we'll go to Europe, and we'll, you know, we won't just go in America, because we're our own superhero universe. I think I'd have almost have preferred if it was like Paris or Berlin, and we just sort of I think d- drop Paris. cultural references. Yeah, I just think could have added another dimension again by being somewhere unf- unfamiliar. And I know that to a lot of American readers... London isn't somewhere they're familiar London's with. London's exotic. I, I think <laughs> a lot of publishers, even Marvel and DC to a lesser extent, though, are trying to do this whole, hey, appearances in places that aren't New York City kind of thing. And sometimes it works and sometimes it's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they should. I think DC have the upper hand because they've made up their own cities. 
But they're all like, still in America. <laughs> they're all yeah. still in America. But I think like New York becomes a real problem for Marvel as New York actually changes. Yes. Like, Hell's Kitchen now is a real like up and coming, well, it's high, yeah. high rate, gentrified. Yeah, and so you think like, what's dead? Who's Daredevil punching now? Just some like yuppie with a latte, just oh. <laughs> smashing his top knot off his head. He's showing it, sticking it to the man. It, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense anymore. So I think like in order for them to try and move with the times, I think it makes sense for them to push outwards a little bit. Yeah. Back to Savage. In, yeah. in, in conclusion, Savage is a land of contrasts. Um, yes, um, but like I just, I was just looking through it again, and I know he only shows up in a few panels, but I like really love the um, all of the expressions um, that Henry has. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the few times you get a really clear look at him, he's like he's so fucking slimy. Yeah. Um, and it's, and like he's, but like looks so quintessentially like, um, quintessentially like English, as well. Like he has that sort of, like, the the sort of face I want to punch that that only seems to occur in in other British people, <laughs> well, other English people. <laughs> um, Thank God for lockdown. Yeah. Also. <laughs> Also, out there punching a, left and center. also like a, a kind of cool thing I, I did like was like with the um, the the tweets on the front uh, on the front page. I, I do actually like that they all that any of them that have got images in them. I know like that they are that they use uh, art from panels later on in the book in ways that actually make sense that yeah, they yeah. Would have, that they would have images for. I thought that kind of set up come recap page was, yeah, yeah was, was actually really good. It sets the tone as well. Cause it gives you that vibe of, like you say, him being a social media uh, hit uh, mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you've got the girls who see him on the, who, who bump into him on the street and get him to sign their book. And like, you yeah. have a photo of like, you, that looks like it's like a photo of them. Like when they're about to get him to sign it, they have like, you know, him when he's giving his like, um, Sign like peace signs and stuff to the cameras in his interview. It all like is quite diegetic. I I do think though that the the best thing going on the Twitter page I is at uh, the people who are following Savage, uh, followed by yeah. Project Bizarre and yeah. Vincent uh, Van Gogh and, and Colonel Capshaw. Weirdly yeah. enough, I mean I completely agree, but not what I thought you were going to say. Oh wow! Hit me. I what thought I thought the reference was going to be to a sound of thunder. Okay, yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about laying down some new beats. They're a real like epic metal band who have made an album to go coincide with the Shadowman comic. Yeah, yeah. And also like a single track for Rye as well. So yeah. it, uh, I quite like that as a little tidbit of a sort of almost yeah. real, real potentially sort of real See, Twitter, real tweet I, about something. I didn't realize that they were a real band. I thought it was a reference. In, like, I thought the reason that it was a ref- being used in um, Savage was because um, of A Sound of Thunder being like um, a Ray Bradbury story about mm. time traveling to hunt dinosaurs. Ah, well, extra layers. <laughs> also works. Layers we didn't know existed. Um, I, th- I think my final thing for this is all through the original Savage run, it's kind of suggested they're in the fire way, but never confirmed. And 
I'm I'm glad they confirmed yeah. that like for us, but I yeah. have a real deep need to know how he knows that it's called the far away. Far away, that is a good like, point. Because he didn't know that for all of Volume One. Like, no. has, he, has he bumped I, into an immortal brother that, since? Like... Who's like? Well, I mean, he's got. Let's be honest. I mean, he's being followed by fifty-five. You know, he's got. He's following 350 people on Twitter. It's not out of the realm of impossibility that one of those 350 people... The goat told him. One of them's Armstrong, and he he just laid it all out. Yeah. Um, There are a few things like that, aren't there? Like, the way he speaks is like a teenager from 2020. And um, you think of somebody who's been raised in a jungle. I'm not... Mind you, I, I haven't read the first miniseries, so I don't know what, what his dad was like and whether that is a reflection of his dad being a Londoner. It's like when he calls somebody a wanker, uh, and you think, like, where's he picked that up from? <laughs> I, assume, I, I assume he's picked it up via social media and his brother. Again, yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. But no, good book. In conclusion, dinosaurs. In yeah. conclusion, dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Enjoyed dinosaurs. Very much. Talking of dinosaurs, Luna yeah, but will. What now? Um, <laughs> there so are no Lu- dinosaurs in this next one. Uh, so that means that it's automatically the worst book being following. <laughs> <laughs> following this. So Luna is from Boom Studios. It is written by Maria Yvette. It is drawn. By Maria Vat. The cover is by Maria Vat with variant covers by Jenny Frissom and Maria Yvette. The logo design, you guessed it, <laughs> Maria Yvette. <laughs> I, uh, I think I've really nailed that. Um, you guys yep. are welcome. Um, so, Luna, in a nutshell, follows Teresa as she wrecks her car, we assume, in the desert. We don't see the crash, we just know it's happened. Um, and wakes up when she's been taken to safety by um, the family of the sun. Um, safety. Family. <laughs> the sun. Um, I like to think people could hear the uh, air quotes. Air quotes, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, clearly. And um, weirdness ensues, basically, you know. Um, they, they, they got a little... Uh, I don't want to say cult vibe, but they got a little cult vibe to cult. them. And, yeah, they're uh, a cult. <laughs> and like they uh, are a 60s cult. Yeah, and they live in a kind of unbelievable tropical oasis in the middle of the desert. And um, th- there might be some supernatural happenings, too. I say might. There's some supernatural happenings, too. Yeah, and yeah, blood, <laughs> magic. Yeah. Broadly, sex, drugs, rock and roll, cult. I have absolutely no idea where this is going. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I can't say that I'm not intrigued to find out. Yeah, that's very, very much my feeling with it. Like this, that I, I don't know what exactly is going to happen in like any issues coming from here. No, I don't, not... I don't know what happened in this issue. <laughs> Now, I'm not really sure I can give a good reason for it one way or another, but why, say, Radiant Black maybe didn't quite give enough, and where this gives so little, and yet I I am engaged with it, despite the fact that so little information is provided. I, I agree, and I think 
I, I've read a few of Maria Yvette's books. So I've read this, I've read um, Faithless, and I've read Loud. Um, I've also read the first issue of Heartbeat. And I feel like two things are in common here. It's always a female protagonist, and there's always something supernatural happening. And the first issue always leaves me kind of intrigued, but utterly baffled. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I, I don't even mean that in a bad way, just... Yeah, just I'm absolutely fine the facts. Yeah. I mean, one thing that has to actually be said is how... There's, like, how gorgeous this book is at points. Mm. Yeah. There's like that's, that's, a double page like, spread. Yeah. Like a two page spread that's like this weird, like, um, it's got like tarot elements. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's all sorts of like um, occultic imagery. And it's uh, like that 60s, 70s psychedelia as well, isn't it? A lot of yeah. wavy lines and rainbows. and Yeah. And, and just. Im- some images that show up in the rest of the book as well. Um, like the like the eyeball in the centre looks like it's in the bag with mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. with the with the with the dropper of it, whatever. That, that double page spread I feel like does look like so many seventies album covers. Just <laughs> Oh yeah. Also towards the end there's a splash page that's just a, an open mouth that just says ah and I feel like yes. that is yeah. also like so I, many potential yeah, I love that. Yeah. I really liked um on a couple of pages at the bottom of the page, there'd start to be these like doodles of the more psychedelic bits would kind of creep in around the the panels. Mm. And it happened kind of I think the first time is when she becomes unconscious and goes into like a dream after the car crash, and the second time after she takes the secret drug mixed with uh What's he Lux. called? Uh, Lux's Lux's blood. Um, yeah, and it happens just, then. In that kind of hint of her sort of slipping into a different uh, like state of mind. There's stuff that it happens a little bit when they start playing like records and smoking weed, sort of like yeah. around the fire. But that there, it's very much just standard kind of like summer of love hippie sort of color imagery. It then yeah, like then it changes and takes on that more sinister kind of occultic mm. vibe when she takes the dropper of like what might be LSD or um, yeah, something good or something like uh, <laughs> and like you start getting like the skulls and like the the moon and the like the one-eyed um, like person chained up mm-hmm. yeah I guess I'm kind of glad we didn't get it immediately, but I am waiting for the kind of the other shoe to drop in terms of the yes. uh, the family of the son um, and it all to turn a bit kind of Manson family. I, I kind of anticipate that's still going to happen, mm. but I'm glad like that wasn't thrown under the bus in the first issue. Like I think that's an event which is going to be interesting in a bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's just leading back to that fact that you're kind of given very little information, but what there is, including the uh, sort of last page reveal, um, for, for context, they live in the desert, but around this cave, just life has sprung, and there's like a, an oasis just somewhere in the middle of some desert. We're not <laughs> <laughs> um, and within this cave, 
I think the mystery will sort of yeah, further further evolve yeah. and uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's masterfully done. I think it's a, a comic that is intriguing and absolutely kind of hits what it's attempting to do. I'm uh, I'm kind of yeah, all go I, for Luna. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to like the next few issues because like the 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 thing is that like I I I trust that the story will come together. Mm-hmm. But yeah. even, like, it's one of these things where like it's so pretty. Exactly. That, yeah. That, that even if I don't necessarily like get it all, I I, I wouldn't care that much. Um, because just looking at some of, like, some of these pages, um, they're, like I said, they're absolutely gorgeous. And, like, the the amount of variance in its colour palette, and, mm. like, not just the colours themselves, but, like, the tones and the brightness um, of them, and how, like, the, like, how bright they're sort of willing to go with, like, the colours and stuff varies depending on, like, the, the, the page and, like, and the panel even, like, it's, really just like mind-blowingly beautiful in some places it's it's a book you read for the art above and the plot almost at least mm. at the moment yeah i feel like when there's more of it that like it'll be easier to yeah obviously then it'll be easier to read for the plot because you'll have more of the plot to kind of put together mm. but yeah but the art is enough to carry you through until then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm not quite sure exactly sort of what the how the dividing line um, happens, but to be there are enough elements given to you already that I'm kind of rubbing my hands together, waiting for it all to to kick like off. Like you can. And- that's it. Yeah. It's just all sort of moving the direction, yeah. um, and I don't know why that like has really worked here and uh, hasn't in you know other books. Not none really that we've read today necessarily, but where you've seen all the elements line up and you're just saying, Ugh, it's kind of eye rollingly. <laughs> and yet I've seen all the elements lay up here, and there's nothing I would say is massively uh, a, like original or unique. Say. So, the family of the sun seem like the Manson family. The art harks yeah. back to, I mean, it makes me think of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Mm. Yeah. At, least, yeah. at least in terms of the kind of meldiness of it all. But all the kind of elements just come together. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to see what they, what, what, how they fall into place. Um, I think one of my things that I would say about this, I think it is going to read better as a trade. And I yeah. think, yeah. I, I large, I've said it about, other books yeah you're welcome um i i do think that is a european thing i think people who have worked in european comics write for trades yeah and, like write for the graphic album yeah, yeah and and then it's strange when single issues happen and i think that's the case here i think this is going to be really cool and really all fit together and it's going to look great in trade. I feel like it should be a hardback and boom, I'm going to make me have a paperback of it. Yeah. (laughs) My, Mm. like, my hope is that, like, this is basically all already been, like, finished. Um, Because I 
I do, I cannot see how you could produce some of the art for this on like a monthly schedule. Mm. I, I well, I, I noticed yeah. with this, and I, I think what supports what you've just said is, every, so every single page is signed. Yes, and in no particular order, they're dated as both summer twenty nineteen, summer twenty twenty, and those differ quite randomly so I, I feel like all of this has probably been drawn and yeah is it to just a year like, ago maybe is it just like a translation i didn't think so i thought this was like originally like, published like, by boom um like with something like because wasn't that the case with unnatural where it was like a a translated re sort of yeah and i know there's been a f- there's been a few european creators in the last couple of years who are having stuff translated but then also working on stuff for american yeah. publishers which is but it's real hard to figure out which is coming from where yeah. <laughs> but yeah so like my like i said my hope is that this is at least far enough ahead that there'll be no like no worries about like it's like about it sort of keeping this quality of art um on a monthly sort of basis um but this would be a like if 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 it's if it's all this gorgeous this would be something to kind of own in hardback on that sort of on that sort of um out like graphic album sort of side like scale Mm. I agree. That. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, speaking, so, speaking of yes. Speaking of on that speaking scale. Speaking of on that scale. <laughs> yes. It's probably a better um, segue than that, so, but never mind. Hollow Heart. Man, this is a book uh, from Vault, uh, written by Paul Lalore and uh, with art, uh, colours, and such by... Uh, Paul Tucker. Um, it is a very upbeat, happy book. Sorry, Will. Um, no, it's a very it's, <laughs> it's a book about a very sad, like organic, ro- like robot that's like uh, organic as well, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Called L, um, who kind of who who is kept seemingly in this like. Um, in this facility where he was uh, where he was created and yeah like he's seemingly like con- like regularly trying to escape um he has like a sort of i i love his look he looks like so sort of um standard standard like um early like early science fiction robot in that he's got like yeah. the clumsy yeah. he's got like the clumsy uh ball hands um, little rad- tiny claws <laughs> yeah and like the and also like um there's a scooby-doo um character like called like um who's like a robot with like a skull and a helmet yeah and he, and he reminds me of that as well because he's got a little skull uh face in the helmet um but yeah he keeps trying to escape and like we you know we we don't know but it basically seems like he's kept imprisoned um here um and this first issue covers his most like uh covers from like his most recent escape attempt to um him meeting 
a like meeting a mechanic called Matteo, um, who, after meeting him and then having like a an encounter, like a, a sexual encounter with uh, someone from I can only assume future Grinder, uh, yeah. he decides that he's going to help L escape. And not only is he going to sort of help L escape, he knows that if L managed to escape currently, that L would immediately die, and that that's what L wants at yeah. the moment because yeah. L's existence has basically been pain mm. and has been hurt, and he sees the chance to provide him another option. Mm-hmm. Of living yep. life without hurt, um, and trying to find a way to remove this uh, this sort of kill switch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a it's a cool little setup mm-hmm. that, like, I yeah, it's, and it's got a sad robot, so it's great for Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's sadness so, and misery, so it's Will's thing. I mean, yeah, you got it. It's uh, it's a real sad book. Having said that, I, I read a another review after after reading this um, that really like criticised it. I think for being needlessly grim. Yeah, but I'm not sure that's entirely the case. Like, I think the no. setup is incredibly grim, and Elle is yeah. a very sad character. Yeah. But the meeting of Matteo and this sudden kind of spark of empathy, which my reading of was that Elle is like literally trapped. Yeah. And Matteo is sort of figuratively trapped in these, you know, sort of meaningless relationships and hookups and the job. And it feels like Matteo doesn't really have a great deal going on. Mm. Um, And I think that's where the kind of the empathy comes in between them. And there's some genuine emotion between Matteo and this sort of pathetic, sad robot hell um and i think that's like the the, the sort of the bright element yeah. in, in an there otherwise is, quite but, sad world yeah the, there's there's hope in their interactions that their, their, their actual interactions are not grim misery no exactly. um but it's everything around them is grim misery and it's actually through their interactions that they're actually finding something else i mean there's mm. that great bit where i think it's the, is it respect he says or something like yes. that it's the first time that El, word yeah, yeah yeah Elle's yeah. like no one's ever said that before that's that's a new thing and that's kind of yeah it's sweet and hopeful in its own grim misery kind of a way i just think judging it on one issue on its kind of overall grimness it's sort of like just watching the first like eight minutes of Bambi and then turning it off and going, Christ, that was sad. <laughs> like there's more like you've got to set up the the dark place to eventually arrive in somewhat of the light, I think. See, I, I actually thought this did end on kind of a hopeful note. I yes. thought that, yeah. And it, it made me think like I've just finished reading um that anthology that was good. Um, one of the away to the world. The the first one, all we ever wanted. I've yeah. just finished reading all we ever wanted, and all I could think with this was that if this was like a one issue type thing, this could definitely be that kind of 
All We Ever Wanted, A Way of Blue Wars kind of anthology style entry. Mm-hmm. And because I think it does end on a kind of positive note. Yeah, like, if it never told you anymore and you were just kind of led to assume that, that like, from that whatever happened next, this would work great as a just a short story in a, in a like, a, a, a little comic book anthology. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Future Absolutely. Shock. Yeah, yeah. like, but yeah. I, I agree, though, like, it's, it's one of these books, like you say, it's, it is very sort of grim and sad. And like the fact that like I mean it there's a part where where the sad robot um like to to protect Mateo's feelings doesn't like um acknowledge pain. Doesn't acknowledge yeah. pain. Um and he's like um He's like, yo, he knew once Mateo left, he would collapse from the pain. But until then, he would hide it inside, which was a small price to pay for Mateo's kindness. And it's like, it's very sad. Uh, but like, it's it's genuinely hopeful as well. Um, yeah, it's I so, I find like this relationship between Mateo and Elle, like really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, that like Elle is being treated with compassion for the, for the first, first time, time in it, in yeah. its existence. Mm. Yeah. And that like, and that through, sh- and like Matteo through showing compassion is kind of like, cause it, it tells us that like Matteo is seemingly like a kind person before this. Like it's, there's some but again like there's something missing like because there's um a story that's sort of told in narration throughout about like a person um like a child yeah. with a pet goldfish and then like that that the dies and the child kind of knows it like like he, the child lets it out uh, and but then like the, the the goldfish shows back up again um at home and like it's used as a metaphor to kind of explore how characters react to this, like you know how how characters empathise mm. and like yeah. what type of person they are, and like that you know maybe L is the goldfish in that it's trapped in this like that's sort of trapped in this place, and about like what about about like the sort of ha- like whether lies can be a good action and mm, stuff yeah. and about like and like it says that like the way it talks about Matteo in relation to this because like the security guard uh Dunny like it says like you know he 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 says you know like to them that like you know this that the that the goldfish is gone that the, their parent bought him on uh, bought them a new one it's like it says about Matteo it's like Matteo never owned a pet but he would also never question why the boy's parents bought a new fish. Mm-hmm. Like, I I'm kind of enjoying that as as a like as a kind of little way to explore to give you to give you like a quick yeah rundown of this of these characters' sense of like morality mm-hmm. and their kind of relationship with like truth and like compassion. Yeah. I think it's interesting that we don't yet know like who L was before, if anyone. Yeah. And why 
L exists. Like, what yes. is L for? Doesn't appear to have military application, but all the guards are armed. But yeah. it's not. It's not being used down a mine, as far as we know, or any kind of construction. Like, we just don't know. Yeah. What L's no. purpose is and why they've I'd created they this thing. Capture it rather than kill it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they obviously yeah. want it. They, they do talk about to... its creation, don't they? They say oh, about L. L used yeah. to be a human. Oh, now does it? Jumble yeah. of organs in a bio suit. Is that in the opening little blurb? No, it's at the very back that I right because yeah. there is an, o- an opening little blurb on the on the page, and it talks about it being a story about uh, people giving you what you need rather than what you want. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is quite a good summation of where this is. I, like, from what we can see, L wants to die, and Matteo's yeah. saying, "I'm going to give you freedom." So, well, that's not really what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I like that it describes itself as like a queer monster love story about the choices we make between giving our loved ones what they want and giving them what we think they need. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah, and yeah, like that's a cool thing to kind of explore in this kind of in this situation of like a person who has like i say seemingly existed in a constant state of pain for who who knows how long and no one is willing to let them die yeah um and then someone yeah like you say offering them another option i guess except yeah. upon escape where the tether will kill l suggesting that whoever's got l doesn't want the rest of the world to know about l yeah, maybe because they're, yeah. they're willing to kill him if he were to to escape. Yeah. But they're not willing. Yeah, but they're also only going to capture him. Yeah, they're only the try. Kill, yeah. that's it. Like they'll do it's, everything yeah. they can to keep him alive. But as a last resort, they are willing to just like yeah. know, blow him up or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned it earlier, Matt. But like, I really, really like Hell's design. Yes. Um, it made me think because I've seen the last few days we've seen uh, the, like the new Mars rover Perseverance land on Mars, and it yeah. it kind of had me thinking like it's funny how the most advanced technology looks like Meccano and tinfoil. This is true. And so there's an, I think there was a, a decision made here, and I really like it to make L be like serviceable over being cool. Like it could yeah. have been a incredibly like rad mecha like body but instead it's this kind of ungainly uh, sort of block of metal it would appear full of you know organs <laughs> yeah um but i i like that decision to have to i think that reflects like genuine technological decisions where yeah, things are made like to function not about to functionality look. rather than yeah sense. yeah and i think that gives it again a different twist like l is not being made to be a sort of super cool hero flying about and zapping monsters like he is a machine for mechanical purposes and i i really like that that idea on the art um during that kind of first escape i think there's a really cool panel that's kind of um very silver age kirby-ish is it uh, the jump the like, jump when he yeah. goes to kind of zap zap hell with his like electro stick and there's just the way the characters are positioned in the sort of over-exaggerated leap, I just thought it was very, like, very Silver Agey. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I do think there were too many, like, just blank backgrounds. And it's a bit mm. of a bug bugbear for me in yeah. comics. I actually mm. think the art was was good. And, like, so the actual design work of stuff and people and L was good. But 
yeah, too often there's just a blank panel. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a bit of an annoyance for me that I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, I think kind of that's the majority of what I have what I sort of have to say on it. Like I said, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing the seeing this kind of explore like it says like the kind of ro- like the romance mm-hmm. side of this and what that kind of does like what what how it explores that and like in the sort of like where like with the sort of shape like shape of water except this is actually like where where it's not kind of the standard thing of oh a oh like oh a woman can see beyond the ugliness of the monster like because women are expected to compromise and see through those things and perform that sort of emotional labor where it's like actually kind of where it's where it's a, a a guy who's being expected to kind of or is or is doing that sort of emotional um, labor and work to kind of look at this person and see them as a person rather than a monster. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. But yeah, dug it. Yeah, yeah, dug it. Yeah, very good. Sad robot. Sad, Sad robot. <laughs> robot. Sad robot and dinosaurs. What more do you, you need in a, in a weekly podcast? There's, there's absolutely it's nothing. It's very Angela and Will Week, isn't that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very much. I liked Hollow Heart. M- like, I, I didn't know how I was going to feel about it going in. But like, I, I really enjoyed it. And talking about it, I've, I, I enjoy it even more. Sort mm. of looking back. I think of the four... Luna is probably my like standout pick. Mm. Yeah, um, just about. But uh, I enjoyed all of these to different degrees. Um, yeah, I think it's quite yeah. a hard month to like rank in an order. Really. So yeah. that means that we'll put Zach first. <laughs> I mean, sure. I get. I think it's probably <laughs> all right off the top of me nut. Uh, yeah. so this is bollocks, Matt. Now it's Go Luna, Luna, Hollow Heart, Savage, Radiant Black. I think. Mm. Uh, see, I'm inclined to kind of agree with that. I think Radiant Black is going to be a real good trade. I think Savage is going to. I think they're all going to benefit from being in trade. To be fair, agreed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I'm pretty confident I will come back and read all of these. I mean, Savage is valiant and like Angela. I'm an addict, so yeah. I will yeah. eventually yeah. simply read it. But but the others, like I'm, I'd uh, be absolutely happy to come back to any of these. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think yeah, like I'm probably the same, but could possibly swap around. Like it's Radiant Black is I enjoyed a lot, but is probably like say the fourth. Uh, fourth place, and then like it, it gets down to what do I value more? Like, do I value incredible art um, and like cool sort of expression, e- expressionistic sort of storytelling with Luna? Do I value like the the fun 
weird bits of comedy and and like just sort of expression of, of, of savage or do I want sad robots and like like sad queer robots? Come with me. Take um, my hand, Matt, and we'll walk together into grief. So this <laughs> like it's 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 kind of probably it, like number one is is either Hollow Heart or Luna. Um and like yeah, it's it like you say it's a very hard month. So yeah, that's kind of I I can't give a proper decision <clears throat> spoiled ballot yep i've just written on it i've just like written something out there about like dinosaurs are cool robots are cool art is cool and <laughs> i've i've put it in the box written some marxist <laughs> quote and then lobbed it in a box <laughs> viva la revolution <laughs> popped it in great um yeah. angela you were Damn! The you. I was kind of hoping someone would forget no, about No, don't me. worry. Damn it! Um, no, I'm a valued I... member of this podcast. How could we <laughs> ever forget about you? Oh, I mean, dinosaurs just speak to my id. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, dinosaurs and oh. Valiant kind of do own my soul. So this yeah. is really hard because <laughs> I, I know objectively that's it's not the best. Um, writing and plot wise and yet but it's really fun and yet it's the what i have the most fun reading yeah exactly like that's why it's so hard that's why it's that's... hard hollow heart i like sad robots mm. and i like weird sci-fi stuff so that was well up there i liked luna it was ever so pretty but, i mean i didn't understand it particularly <laughs> i was I was baffled, but I liked the way it baffled me, and it was terribly pretty. Radiant Black, I definitely would put in, and it's it's by a small amount, last place. Um, and I'm just going to say that because they didn't give his mum a first name. That's really what's knocked it right down for me. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't pick, but dinosaurs. No. Yeah. <laughs> So, Zach, are you going to be, like, one of the only two people here who can make a decision, or will it be three three against one against Will? I, um, I, I'm fairly in agreement with Will on this one. Um, I think it, it's kind of... It is joint between Luna and Hollow Heart for top. Um, I think it might be Luna. I think Will might be right. Um, and... I'm I'm going to read all four of them. I think that's that's uh, established truth amongst all of us. Um, and I think yeah, f- for Radiant Black, I'm not sure. There's a little part of me that thinks yeah, I am going to go back for the singles, and there's part of me that thinks I'm going to wait for the trade. Same with Savage. Yeah, I've, I, I have a I have a long history of buying Valiant singles, and I had to stop. I'm it's running out win. of house. So. Yeah, I mean that's. It. I'm just a trade reader. Like I, I, I yeah, I, I, I gave up. Like apart from Saga, which is only out of habit when it's when it's in print. Yeah. <laughs> when it's happening. <laughs> and and sex criminals as well, I guess. Yeah, I that it's just something that the U.S. market, I think, summarily ignores that like graphic novels are selling perhaps not more than like the traditional market but they've they've like doubled or tripled in the last year in their sort of sellability 
and even sort of a year ago, I think they were talking about making more things, just OGNs and putting things out as full, complete stories. It just hasn't really materialised, has it? Like, no, but they've been talking about that for years. Yeah. Yeah, it comes up every so often that that's what they're going to do, and then it never happens. And I'll be honest with you, if you can give me a book which I know has six issues rather than buying the first three and never being able to get any more, then I'm much more for that. Yeah. Yeah. And the risk, that's completely the risk of the cancelled book. Um, I, much like, I, like, like we've said about most of these books, I think something like Luna is almost definitely written for the collection. And yeah. I'm okay with that. I think we're at a time where publishers need to be okay with that and not try and force single issues to happen. Stop trying yeah. to make singles happen. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. every story needs to be told in 22 page chunks no, no. Fr- freedom is what makes you know creative stuff read good in it so let's oh the quote well yeah. said yeah <laughs> tm yeah <laughs> get it in the post zach <laughs> so <laughs> christ um I-, I think that might be us for this month's yeah yeah, rounding up. Wraps us up. And speaking of us, who is it who supports us in doing this podcast, Zach? Do we have Patreon and no one's told me? <laughs> Travelling man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Patreon <yeah>. man. <laughs> Again, shout out to Travelling Man. They're based in four cities that I can't remember. Le- Leeds, Leeds, Newcastle, York, and... Manchester. Oh, yeah, the one we live in. Hit them up travelingman.com um or just like email them and i guess they'll send you comics because click and collects i don't i don't know how that works no i, I just i still don't know but it's good i bet it's, it's, it's a thing they're doing um we will be back next week most probably to discuss i'm not going to say what we're going to come back for because i've got no guarantees so we will be back next week for more bigger than capes yes We've collectively been Angela, Matt, Will and Zach alphabetizing yeah. us. That's right. That was nice. Um, yes. We will continue to be. And remember that comics are a bigger, bigger than, than cakes. Perfect. That was nearly right. I'm sorry, I started too early. <laughs> <laughs>